We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Lamar Jackson is the greatest quarterback of all time. Or is he? We will dive into that. Certainly... The entire world is buzzing right now based on what the second-year signal caller for the Baltimore Ravens did last night against the L.A. Rams, where former teammate Eric Weddle, who now plays for the Rams, said he ripped their face off, which is a great way to describe it. Good morning, everybody. It's Ross Tucker, and it's Carrington Harrison. Home and Home is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire, you can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. Quick reminder, please make sure you follow us on Twitter at RDC Home and Home and at RDC Sports. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL everywhere, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. He is at C.Harrison. You can download the Radio.com app so that you can listen to us at any point or watch, listen to us live at Radio.com slash home. Remember, we have less than five minutes of commercial breaks per hour. Nobody else does that. So not only do you get my award-winning personality and my ruggedly handsome looks, you get like no commercials. Why would you ever listen or watch anything else. I have a little bit more to say about ZipRecruiter, but first I want to bring in my co-host for the day, filling in for Dave Briggs, who's on assignment, maybe in Cabo or somewhere. I don't know. He's on assignment. Carrington Harrison. Carrington, what's up, buddy? Hey, I appreciate you guys having me filling in today. I do want to say about your handsomely good looks. You look like the brawny paper towel guy. You know how he (laughs) looks like the mountain man? You look like you're about to sell me a six-pack of Paper towels for $3.99. Dude, uh, uh, I love the brawny paper towel guy. I'll take that. That guy's a stud. He's got that red flannel shirt going. He's got the big forearms. I love, dude, that's like one of the best compliments I've ever gotten. I love it. That's my, people call me putty a lot from Seinfeld. Uh, That was before I had the beard. Now I'm more uh, brawny paper towel guy. That's awesome. That's a huge compliment. Yeah, the beard gives everybody an extra 1.5 on your scale of attractiveness. So maybe ladies had you at like a six and a half. The beard puts you at a solid eight. Yo, Carrington, no joke, okay? And we're going to get into Lamar Jackson and all the issues for the Rams. And Carrington lives in Kansas City, works in Kansas City. So I saw people tweeting last night that Lamar Jackson is better than Patrick Mahomes. We'll get into that. I got to ask you first, though. What is, why is your Twitter handle C dot Harrison? Is it like C period Harrison? And like, so you're like, Oh, I'll be creative C dot Harrison. Or am I missing something? Oh, uh, well in college, I used to listen to a lot of Jay Z and he used to call himself S dot Carter. 
So it kind of stuck in college where people just called me C. Harrison, and my name was so long, so it just was easier to call me C. than Carrington. So that's basically the long story short of how I became C. Harrison. Okay, so do people call you C. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, mostly people that don't really know me, my close friends don't really call me that. My sister, she started calling me that recently. So when she was younger, she couldn't say Carrington, she could only say brother. And then probably around like eight or nine, she started calling me C dot because that was easier. She's one of the few like people that are close to me in my life, but call me that. But yeah, for the most part, that's what people call me. So most of the people that are close to you, though, like your family and close friends, they call you Carrington. Yeah, for the most part, it's kind of weird because I don't say that I'm self-conscious about my name, but I didn't get named Ross. You know, I didn't get named a normal name that everybody else has. I remember one time someone on Twitter said that my name sound like an apartment complex and my ego has never recovered. <laughs> you know what's funny, by the way, Carrington? I, uh, I could not say my name until first grade, if you can believe that. Um... I had like uh, not a speech impediment, but I had to see a speech therapist when I was younger. Uh, people used to always have me say chocolate chip cookie and they would make fun of me because I would say chocolate tip cookie. I, I couldn't I couldn't do it. And I remember my best friend's name was Peter. And it's funny because actually everybody calls him Pete, except for his family and me. We all call him Peter, kind of to your point. Um, but I remember my parents saying to me, say Ross. And I would say, yas, say Ross, yas, no, no, ra, Ross, say Ross, yas, say Ross. Oh, Petey. Like, I just wanted to change my name. Like you think Ross is an easy name to say. I don't know what my speech therapy issue was. Shout out. Uh, Mr. Evans back in kindergarten, first grade, helped me correct that stuff. But I could not say Ross. Like, it's real bad when you're little and people say, what's your name? And you can't say your name properly back. That's probably why I had so many anger issues and probably why football worked out real well for me. I had all this like pent up aggression of people making fun of me, not being able to say my name. That once we went out to recess, I would just smash your head into the ground or into the tree because I didn't like that you made fun of me not being able to say my name. Look at that. You use it as motivation. So that's number one. Uh, two things here. You say that you couldn't say your name until first grade. I probably couldn't spell my name until third grade because it's so many letters and vowels and consonants. So that's one thing. And you basically had that. Remember that Laurel and Yanny controversy that was on the internet a couple of months ago? That's basically what your name is, that you were hearing one thing and everybody else was hearing something different. That's a crazy story. I never would have guessed someone who was lucky enough to have a four-letter name struggled pronouncing it up until they were about seven years old. That reminds me. Now, when you were where did you grow up? I grew up in Kansas City. Oh, okay. I didn't know you were from there. Okay. So when hmm. you were growing up, did you guys play, like, dodgeball? Yeah, we played dodgeball maybe a couple different ways. So we actually played sometimes the circle way, where basically it's one person in the circle, and there's, like, a mob of people around it, and then the one kid stays in the middle. So you keep throwing it back and forth, and you keep trying to dodge it, and then if you hit the kid in the middle, you then become the player in the middle. But we also played it the standard way, where you line up five people on both sides, and we played it. So we played it a couple different ways growing up. 
So it's weird. Like at my school, why I'm missing Pennsylvania, we had uh, a gym class. We would play all the time. It was called, they called it bombardment. B-O-M-B-A-R-D-M-E-N-T. In hindsight, it was just dodgeball. But for some reason, in my school, they called it bombardment. And I always wonder, Carrington, I've said this before on the show, I was extremely confident growing up. And I don't know if it, there's only two reasons it could have been, okay? Number one, because my mom told me I was the greatest thing in the history of the world every day. And my sister and I laugh at that all the time. Like, my mom was a big confidence booster. Big confidence booster. Uh, And number two, I remember, like, even in kindergarten and first grade, we would play bombardment. And I feel like, Carrington, really early in life, you figure out you're either the guy that can peg all the other kids or you're the kid that gets pegged. And I took so much pleasure in taking that ball and just smashing the other kids in the head. Every, like, I loved it. Like, I would see how many I could take out. And then we would play, like, you'd have to knock a pin over, like a bowling pin. And, like, people would guard the bowling pin. So I would peg that girl in the head. She was out. Then I would hit the pin. Like, so I don't know if my confidence in life when I was little came from my mom just blowing me up or me just wrecking shit up in bombardment in kindergarten and first grade. I mean, you probably had a beard in second grade, too. So, I mean, I would have the most confidence in the world if I had facial hair at eight years old like you probably did. Yes, dodgeball is certainly a survival of the fittest game that you see natural selection in its purest and raw form. You see who the athletic kids are and who the non-athletic kids are. Like, if you want to see the career choices that people are going to make, we learned that in, in elementary school whenever we play dodgeball because you can see the people that will gravitate towards sports and the people that will be really athletic growing up and the people who will probably be accountants and make a lot of money doing something as far away from athletics as humanly possible. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, like you could tell in kindergarten or first grade, you had a pretty good idea who the kids were that were going to be athletes and tough and who the kids were that, man, this is just, This is just not their cup of tea. They should look to do something else in life. Perhaps they should make sure their resume is on ZipRecruiter. Because Cafe El Toro CEO Dylan Miskowitz, he experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. Then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. You can too by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you, and its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting his job to ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed by how quickly great candidates were applying and found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com 
slash E-N-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I got to think, Carrington, and I might go with CDOT because that's a lot easier. I got to think, CDOT, that Lamar Jackson was probably pretty awesome at dodgeball or bombardment or whatever you want to call it when he was younger. Number one, he's got a good arm. Number two, I don't really picture anybody ever being able to hit him with the ball. Like, he could legitimately have been that dude that just stood there and was like, nah, 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 nah. And then you tried to ping him with the ball, and he just juked you like that. Um, I'm not a big I told you so guy. Actually, you know what? I don't know why I always say that. I'm a huge I told you so guy. (laughs) I freaking love saying I told you so. And I said yesterday that the Ravens were going to smash the Rams, and that's exactly what happened. The Rams are in trouble See that we'll get to that, but I just think the Ravens are on another level right now. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I prefer to just give you a blank slate. What was your biggest takeaway from that game? Rams ineptitude, the Ravens offense, Lamar himself, the Ravens Harbaugh aggressive. Like what was what was like when you were taking notes or watching the game last night? What jumped out to you the most? Really quick, I don't know if you've been watching Disney Plus or not, but Lamar Jackson is basically Vince from Recess. Like, he is the just most athletic kid on the playground, and I think people knew at a very early age. I think where we have to start in the game is, I think there's only two people that can win NFL MVP. I think it's Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson, and I think Lamar's clearly in front. I think that coming into this season, a lot of us thought that the second-year quarterback that was going to take that step forward was going to be Baker Mayfield. I know I was certainly on that train. And it's been Lamar Jackson. He's been downright fantastic. And I hear people make this argument all the time of, well, just force him to be one-dimensional. Tell me what team in the NFL is stopping the run of the Baltimore Ravens. If the Patriots couldn't do it and he could run against them, I don't know if there's a team in the NFL that can force the Ravens to be one-dimensional. What I like most about their team, Ross, is I think we see that this year a lot of teams, even as we get closer to Thanksgiving, don't truly have an identity. The Ravens are one of the few teams in the NFL that I know exactly what I'm going to get every single Sunday and Monday when I sit down in front of the television. They're going to run the ball effectively. They're going to play defense. They're going to be aggressive when it comes to coaching and making fourth down decisions. And they're probably just going to beat you. And this defense has even gotten better with Marcus Peters, his energy and his attitude. I'm a firm believer that teams take on the personality of their leader and their best player. That's exactly what's happened with Lamar Jackson. I saw the tweet from Florio. I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point. I don't think he is as good as Patrick Mahomes. But if we're talking about him being an elite-level quarterback and a top-five quarterback in the league, I think we have to agree. I think every every generation we see an advancement of a position. And I think we're seeing Michael Vick 2.0. I think we're seeing exactly what Michael Vick could have been in Atlanta if he had been a better passer or if the league had been conducive to his skill set. you got to think about it. When Vic played, they weren't running a lot of the concepts in the scheme. Can you imagine Vic running a majority RPO-based and the passing windows as open as it is right now? Vic maybe could have turned into Lamar Jackson. I think we're seeing the, that the college offenses have just infused themselves so perfectly in the NFL that I don't know if Lamar works the way that he's working now in any other era beside the ones that he's playing in. Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of good stuff there, CDOT. And we'll get into the Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson a little bit later. You know, the reason why I thought that the Ravens were going to smash the Rams 
is the same reason why the Ravens are number one in my power rankings right now. And it's because they have fully embraced the quarterback-centric run game more than any team in NFL history. And I think that there are some legitimate and fair questions about how sustainable it is long-term, and I want to ask you about that, see that? But in the near term, <coughs> it is almost impossible to defend. So every Saturday, Carrington, I do a game for CBS Sports Network, which means on Fridays, usually, I meet with college defensive coordinators, some of whom used to be at the NFL level, and they all say the same thing, Ross, uh, college D coordinator, way harder, way harder. And the biggest reason for that is the quarterback-centric run game. Because so often you're able to get the extra guy in the box against the run, so everybody has a gap. You got the one unblocked defender. When the quarterback's a threat on every single snap to carry the ball, or at least he carries out the fake, you lose that advantage. And when that guy's Lamar Jackson – You've got major, major problems. And that's why I got to tell you, I, I was a Russell Wilson MVP guy probably even until last night because as great as Lamar Jackson has been, I feel like the Ravens have a significant schematic advantage right now every time they take the field. And I don't think that's the case with Russell Wilson. And the Seahawks, I think Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are 9-2 and two because Russell Wilson is just tremendous and makes some ridiculous throws and has tremendous touch, and he's amazing. I think a big reason why the Ravens are 9-2 and two is because of the scheme. That said, over the last few weeks, Lamar Jackson has been so dominant and so spectacular, I think he probably has a little bit of an edge on Russell Wilson right now. But I tweeted this last night. Uh, Carrington at Ross Tucker NFL, you know, Saturday, actually Sunday morning, but Saturday night, I'll be calling the army at Hawaii game. It'll be my eighth army game this year. And even when I don't do army games and I do some of these other teams like UCF, the quarterback runs a lot Tulane, the quarterback runs all the time, you know, especially though, when you're playing an option team like army air force or Navy, and you really only see it once a year, you can try to practice it all you want, right? You'll get some wide receiver to try to be the quarterback. You'll get the scout team to try to run it. it you're just not able to do it justice. And these NFL teams are trying to replicate the Ravens and their quarterback-centric run game. And even if they show the guy on the card and tell him what they want him to do, they're just not able to operate at nearly as fast of a pace as the Ravens do it with all the different reads and all the different read options they're doing. So it takes them several series to adjust at all, which is why the Ravens get a lead in every game they play in. And then it forces you, based on your essentially option responsibilities, to play man-to-man -man and guess what? If Lamar Jackson's completing his passes and he's accurate like he was again last night against man-to-man -man coverage, forget it. It's a wrap. It's over. So I'm throwing a lot at you there, Carrington.
But my point is, is that I just think that they have a significant schematic advantage right now because no teams can run a scout team that even gets close to replicating what the Ravens are doing with that quarterback-centric run game. I just want to say, first off, that you basically have Army season tickets. If you've seen eight Army football games this year, you're a season ticket holder. Like, I know you're getting paid to be there and all that, but you're a season ticket holder when it comes to Army football. There's no – I don't think season, you watch hey, eight games hey, in the entire life. Army, Army season ticket holders get to go to six games. I'm doing eight. <laughs> I did Army at Air Force and Army at Hawaii. So I, I, got, I got the season ticket plus package. No, you got a fantastic package when it comes to the uh, the Army football schedule. Um, I think you uh, you would certainly get this just from playing football at a high level. I think we see that football in all its changes that you're talking about, and you're certainly 100% correct when you talk about the evolution of offenses and college offenses and all that kind of stuff. Man, it is still a can you dominate at the line of scrimmage. And it's no surprise the two teams that have been the best in the regular season just dominate at the point of the attack. The Baltimore Ravens are the best running team in the NFL, and I would say the defensive line of the San Francisco 49ers, they've been elite this season. Those are the two best units, I would say, in the NFL, so it's no surprise that they've dominated the way that they have. I'm just a big believer that styles make fights and that certain the way that teams play just causes mismatch problems for so many teams. I think the Ravens cause so many mismatches to kind of allude to what you're saying is they're zagging when everyone else is zigging. Everyone else in the NFL is trying to throw more and trying to be more up-tempo when it comes to passing the football, where Baltimore is just such a quarterback-centric running team, and they're going to pound the line of scrimmage, and they're going to run the ball effectively. And I think that's re what's really given them the advantage. They don't play like any other team in the NFL. Uh, an offense like Kansas City, you can prepare for Kansas City's offense. Maybe you don't have all the weapons that can stop their offense, but their offense is not much different than 17 other teams in the NFL. There's no team that runs what Baltimore does, and if you only have six days to prepare for it and you don't have someone on your scout team that is as fast as Lamar Jackson, you are just at such a disadvantage when it comes defensively to stopping them. You brought up long-term. I think that too many times we try to think about a quarterback in a 10-year and 12-year span. What if this Lamar Jackson thing works for four years? What if he's 2015 Cam Newton and this is the 2015 Carolina Panthers? He's still on a rookie contract. You got time to make a decision on if it's going to work long term and how you're going to pay him. Would you give Lamar Jackson $38 million a year and pay him like he's Patrick Mahomes? Probably not. But on a rookie contract that allows you to create the roster that they've put around him, he is the perfect quarterback for that situation. So I think sometimes we get into the habit of, and I understand, thinking that teams have found their forever quarterback. And what if you found a really good quarterback for the next four seasons and this is just going to be a perfect time capsule where it's going to work and you're going to be able to win a Super Bowl and Baltimore has as good a chance of any to do so. All right, so you bring up a lot of good things there. And I think this is a very fair question. I think we all realize that there's two questions that when it comes to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in my mind, Carrington, right? Number one is will NFL defenses have a better plan Maybe the second time they play him this year or maybe the following year. Because it reminds me a little bit of the RG3 Kaepernick 2012 thing where it seemed like the next year in 2013 they were better prepared. And then after that they were much better prepared it seemed like. They had to go spend all offseason 
meeting with these college D coordinators who told him at least their best chance to try to slow these things down. But make no mistake about it, in college, you're happy these days when you give up like 28, 30 points because it's that hard to defend the quarterback-centric running game. That's number one, is whether or not defenses will be able to do a better job against it. Number two is how sustainable this is long-term. Those are the two questions. Your thoughts on both. I do think eventually teams are going to be able to catch up with what the Ravens are doing. That's why if you asked me, would I rather have Mahomes? Yes. Would I rather have Deshaun Watson? Yes. Would I rather have Russell Wilson? Yes. Would I rather have Dak Prescott? Probably. So teams are eventually going to catch up. But again, I keep hearing this, when are people going to catch up to Lamar Jackson and forcing him to be one-dimensional? you got to stop the running game. And as long as he's a threat to run as effectively as he's ran so far in his career— I don't know why we I don't know why we think that's going to happen anytime soon. I mean, they're 18 and 3 with him as the starter and it hasn't been like Jimmy Garoppolo where it's mostly been the running game and the defense that have largely carried. Like Lamar's playing well in this. We remember where the Ravens were those first 5 games of last season when they had Joe Flacco and the infusion that they got when they added Lamar Jackson. So at least for the rest of this season it's going to work. I'll presume for next season it's going to work for the most part. I'm in. I'm in on the Lamar Jackson experience. I think he'll never be the passer that people want him to be, so we'll always question if it's going to work long-term. But I think he is one of the 10 most explosive players in the NFL when he gets the ball. He might be the second-best running back in the NFL behind Christian McCaffrey. Like, when they decide that he's going to be a runner, the spin move he put on the Bengals, some of the runs that we've seen so far this season, I don't know if there's more dynamic players with the football. So as long as he stays healthy, which was a big thing, especially last season— I have no reason to believe that he's not going to be effective. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, I think the idea, too, my understanding from talking with some Ravens people is I think the hope is, at you know, I don't know what he's doing if it's 10 to 15 carries a game right now, but as he becomes a better passer with each passing year, then maybe it's a couple less carries per year, right? Because if you think about it, you really don't need him to run 10 to 15 times. You really probably only need him to run three to five, three to six times, but just have the threat that any one of them, he could pull the ball and go around the edge. I mean, that's like, they really just need the defense to be like, oh shit, man, he could pull it. Like we got it. We got to account for him because that's what sets everything else up and gives the offensive line those tremendous angles. I'm actually curious to hear what Sean McVay, the so-called genius guru, who we'll talk about a little bit later, because there's a lot from the Ram side of this as well. But I want to hear what McVay had to say about Lamar Jackson and what he witnessed right after the game. Take a listen. It was impressive. Uh, when, when you sit there and you watch and you feel the operation up close and personal and you just see, uh, you know, just how sharp they are with their execution, what a dynamic playmaker he is, what a good job they do of, of creating conflict right before the snap, changing your fits. And, and then on third down, they were really impressive. Just his operation, his ability to be able to find some completions, make plays with his legs. Uh, there's a reason why the people are talking about him as an MVP. It felt like it tonight. Yeah, do you think? Um, it definitely felt like it last night. So that was Sean McVay talking about Lamar Jackson. A little bit later, I want to get into, with you, Carrington, 
the Ram side of this because it's not good. And when you think about where they are from a draft choice situation, as well as having to pay Jalen Ramsey, it doesn't look like it's going to get a whole lot better. Plus, a lot of people talking about Lamar Jackson and liking him and thinking he's better than Patrick Mahomes. I'm not so sure about that one, especially when you consider the sustainability factor. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. First, though, I need to make sure everybody knows about ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter is what it's all about. How do you think we got CDOT to fill in today? We went, like Dylan Miskowitz, to ZipRecruiter and immediately saw a difference. There were a bunch of clowns that they were going to have come on and be my co-host. No, no, no. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash enter and you find studs like C. Harrison. Because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting the job on ZipRecruiter, I was amazed how quickly great candidates like CDOT were applying and found our new director of filling in for Home and Home in about an hour, actually. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, so a little bit later, we're going to talk about Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes. We're going to talk about the issues with the L.A. Rams. We'll also get into the Steelers versus Browns rematch and what the Steelers should do with the quarterback position and how scared the Steelers are of the Ravens right now. We'll also get into the college football playoff. There's a lot to talk about there. But when we come back, one of the things that's really cool about being a part of Radio.com is that we got boys. We got boys everywhere. Every city, pretty much, we've got the number one sports talk radio station, and we know exactly what the people are thinking. We're going to take you on a little bit of a tour and react to it The biggest noise right now in Cleveland, in Philly, in D.C., in Dallas, when we come back here to a Tuesday edition of Home and Home, the Radio.com Sports Original. He is the star of the drive on 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City, Carrington Harrison, on Twitter, at C.Harrison. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, the channel is at RDC Sports, the show itself, at RDC Home and Home. Make sure you're following it, by the way, because we have an army of millennials that post the best video clips from the show on Twitter, at RDC Home and Home, and it's fantastic. By the way, I got to tell you, is it Sean Levine or Sean Levine, your co-host, Carrington? It is Levine, Sean Levine. Yeah, I don't really know him. I'm just going to go ahead and say you're the star of that show because if he needs to call himself sports machine, Sean Levine, then you're probably, you're probably the star of the show. Is that fair? (laughs) 
No, Sean's a funny guy. Sean is a very punny guy. Um, so basically the story of how he got the nickname Sports Machine is he was at a game when he was a kid and they, you know how they, they do the Jumbotron, they put the trivia questions up there. And he's like eight years old and he gets the trivia question right. And the man in front of him turned around and told his dad, your kid must be a sports machine. And it's stuck. He is the sports machine, Sean Levine. I love it. It's like uh, Joe Theismann for Heisman. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it rhymes. I like it. You know what else I like? It's really cool. So if you're listening or watching this, you know we're on the Radio.com app. You know you can find us Radio.com slash home. So Radio.com is owned by Entercom. Entercom owns, like, every radio station you've ever heard of, by the way, including 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. So one of the things that I love about this, because I grew up listening to 610 WIP in Philadelphia, now it's 94.1 WIP, but one of the things that I love is to really get the pulse of the city, to be able to know how the callers, the fans, and even the sports talk hosts in that city actually feel and to sense their passion for what are national stories, but get the inside local slant. And we do that every week here on Home and Home. Speaking of Philly, they're kind of freaking out right now, Carrington, about how Carson be. Wentz has played the last two games. Let's take a listen. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WIP Morning Show. Doug, City is very frustrated. They, they should really, be. They, they should be. They, you are too, aren't you? I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. We're frustrated. The team's frustrated. This is not us. This is not uh, who we are. We're, we're right now, we're, we're, we're playing great defense and uh, not so great offense the last couple of weeks. So it's something that uh, we understand that has to, well, I know this, the fans deserve better. You know, one of the things, um, and, and, you know, listen, I, I've never used injury as, a, as an excuse for, for anything that we do. You know, um, we do have a lot of guys that are, that are missing. Uh, when you go down the list, Alshon, Nelly, Jordan, Lane, I mean, there's guys down the list that are starters for us that are missing, you know, substantial games. And so that, that can affect timing, that can affect rhythm, that can affect your execution. Ladies and gentlemen of Philadelphia, I have the following comments directed to the following people. Number one, to Doug Peterson, whose play calling is reminiscent of Rich Kotite, cowardly and stupid. Two, the players who have decided to no longer be warriors and no longer be anything resembling a male. You are an embarrassment to the male gender. To Howie Roseman, who has decided to not field a professional football team. It was like watching the third preseason game of the year. To the medical staff, who cannot figure out a way to get players to come back. To Mother Nature, who has decided two Sundays in a row to have 50-mile-an-hour winds and crappy weather in the fall. To all of you, I say this. You suck! You suck! Go to you nowhere! I can't stand you right now! You are cowards. You are an embarrassment to the city. And I am very, very, very mad and embarrassed to say that I rooted for you. And finally, what you have done to Carson Wentz, his head is so screwed up, he doesn't know which way is up anymore. And you made him suck too. All of you, goodbye. Till next year, pitchers and catchers in 90 days.
Ladies and gentlemen, Kenny from the Dirty 30. Would you be shocked if they lost to Miami? Yes. Oh. No. I'm not prepared to answer that question oh. on a Monday. Week. Please. Monday. I demand you remove that question. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, yes. Carrington, that is uh, right near where I grew up. I grew up about an hour west in Reading, PA. Uh, you know, you heard Doug Peterson. Let me ask you this. I, Because, I, you know, I'm so close to it that I like to get a neutral observer whose opinion I respect's thoughts. Okay? So... On Sunday, they were without their top three receivers. Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar. Their receivers, none of whom had caught a pass since September. It was Jordan Matthews, Mac Collins, they, uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, and they pulled up Greg Ward from the practice squad. They also did not have Lane Johnson, maybe their best lineman at right tackle. So they moved Andre Dillard, who's really only a left tackle at this point, to right tackle. That was an issue. And uh, Brandon Brooks uh, suffers from anxiety attacks. He is a tremendous player. But Lane Johnson is really interesting, actually, because Lane Johnson has helped him a lot with his anxiety. And I wonder if not having Lane next to him and Lane to help him with it is one of the reasons why Brandon Brooks was only able to play in the first series of the game. It became that debilitating for him so on the one hand they were extremely shorthanded <coughs> on the other hand Carson Wentz clearly missed receivers like at least three to five times and fumbled a couple times and held on to the ball too long so I guess I don't know if you got a chance to watch the game I know the Chiefs had a bye so maybe you did or maybe you watched in the red zone or whatever but how do you reconcile all those guys being out, but Wentz is still missing throws he probably shouldn't? First off, I want to tell you that I picked the Eagles to win the Super Bowl this year. I had them defeating the New England Patriots. I'm as high on the individual talent on the Philadelphia Eagles as anybody. I do want to point out, anytime someone says, I don't want to use this as an excuse— they are about to make an excuse. And that's exactly what we heard from Doug Peterson. Ross, you know this as well as anybody. Injury and attrition is just a part of the game. When you sign up to play professional football, it is not a question of if someone is going to get injured. It is a question of simply when someone is going to get injured. 
every team in the NFL is having to deal with it. We see Carolina dealing with it without their starting quarterback. We've seen New Orleans deal with it with no Drew Brees and no Alvin Kamara. Kansas City has dealt with it. I've seen them without their left tackle, without their running back, without their quarterback, without Tyreek Hill. Every team in the NFL is dealing with injuries to some extent. Philadelphia is probably one of the more confusing teams in the NFL. We saw them win at Lambeau, a place that not many teams in the NFL can go in and win. But they also lost to Atlanta early in the season when Atlanta was terrible in the early part of the season. So I don't know if anyone has a hold on the Philadelphia Eagles, but I wouldn't worry too much about it. What I mean is, if you look at their schedule in their last five remaining games, at Miami, Miami's terrible, home against the Giants, and at Washington. You should be able to win all three of those games. You put yourself in a situation in the last two games of the season that you play Dallas and you still have them at home and you have the Giants. So I know it looks bad right now for the Eagles, but you can't you, excuse me, you can't really ask for a better stretch of games down the stretch than the Eagles have. The problem with the Eagles is Carson Wentz. A couple of years ago, I thought that Carson Wentz was poised to win NFL MVP prior to the ACL tear. I think he was going to win that year over Brady. Last year, he even had a good season. We've seen him really regress this year. We've seen him regress, and we've seen Jared Goff uh, regress this year, and Mitch Trubisky. So a lot of the young quarterbacks who I think were on that either top tier the way I thought Wentz was or that second tier the way Goff was, we've really seen them regress. I think Wentz is probably their biggest problem is that a lot of times your quarterback can kind of mask over some of the deficiencies of your team. It's hard to mask over the deficiencies when you yourself are part of the deficiency. I would agree. Let's keep it in the NFC East. And I'm dying to get your thoughts on this. And I'm dying to hear what the people in D.C. had to say about the Redskins getting a win, but probably in particular Dwayne Haskins' performance and missing the last play of the game as he was taking a selfie. Let's listen to the folks down at 106.7 The Fan in D.C. You know, it's just a young quarterback, man. He's in the moment. You know, he thought, uh, uh, you know, from what I heard, he thought he, thought he missed the uh, he thought the game was over. I mean, the guy got his first career. I'm not going to sit here and beat him up on on him not being out there on the staff. You know, as a young guy, you know, he just has to be a little more locked in and focused on that. But, um, man, we got the win. He, he, he got his first career when it was big for him. He was hugging everybody. We were emotional on the sideline. Um, it was a great feeling for him. And, um, you know, I know the coaches will get to it and correct it. So. So it's a selfie. They won a game. He's a rookie. Let it go. There, there is so much posturing and so much fake moralizing in the NFL media. The selfie really wasn't a big deal for me. Hey, you're going to think, I mean, you're going to the crowd, you're taking pictures with guys. The only the only issue is the awareness. Like you gotta have enough game awareness to know, hey, boom, I need to be out in victory formation to close this game out. So I was I was absolutely shocked. Um, I've in in all my years of being around football, which encompasses 50, 60 years, I've never seen a situation like that. Um, and that's why, you know, I said what I said. I, you know, Dwayne, it, it, was, it was something that was immature. As a young man, it's only played 15 football games, counting the two he started as a professional. And, and uh, he'll grow into it. I think it's, it's a matter of that is over and done with. But, you know, you just, that moment, let me tell you, from a, from a football standpoint, you play 60 minutes of football, and that was a hard-hitting football game. And you're getting the crap beat out of you as a quarterback. The offensive linemen are fighting their guts out. The running backs are running hard. The receivers are getting pummeled, making unbelievable catches. 
when you get a chance to get into that victory formation, you step in the huddle and you go victory formation on one, and you take that last snap, that's a very sacred moment to me. All right, 106.7, the fan in D.C. That was awesome. First you heard some callers, then you heard Morgan Moses, Chris Thompson, and of course I think most people recognize Joe Theismann's voice at the end. I obviously commented on it yesterday, Carrington. I wanted to get your thoughts on Dwayne Haskins missing the last snap, missing the kneel down victory formation because he was taking a selfie. Big deal, no deal, somewhere in the middle. I just want to make this face to Joe Theismann. Sacred moment. He called kneeling the football at the end of the game, in which the game is in doubt, or no no longer in doubt, a sacred moment. I can't remember. I think it was a caller that said "There's there's so much fake moralization in the NFL. No one really cares about this. If he had missed a significant play, then I'd be on the same side as everybody else. You got to keep your head in the game. You got to stay focused. It shows where your mental is during the moment. But the game was over. There's not a single person that denies if the outcome was in question or not. The Redskins had won the football game. It's his first professional win. He's going off in the crowd. He's celebrating. All right, maybe he should have been there for it. But I just don't have it in my moral fiber to really care that he took a selfie at the end of the game when he all he missed was the clock winding down to go in and knee it. People are treating this like it's some Friday Night Lights situation and that he's Chris Comer and forgot his helmet and they put in Booby Miles and now Booby tore his ACL. That's not what happened here. No one was harmed in the making of this film. He took a selfie. He created a moment for life. None of us are talking about the win because we don't care about the Washington Redskins. Now we care about it because we can talk about this selfie. This is just a way for older people to dog millennials. They do it all the time. They find new ways to poke fun at millennials. This is just another way for them to do it. Let's celebrate the kid getting his first career win. I don't care about the selfie. So I would say I don't think it's a sacred moment. I think that's probably a little much. That's not the word I would use for Joe Theismann. What I would tell you is it is a pretty cool thing. Like when you're in that huddle and you know you've won the game and you say, uh, you know, victory formation, and you go up to the line and you look at the guys whose butt you just kicked, it's a good feeling. Now, And, and so ultimately all that happened is Haskins missed what's a really good feeling, a fun moment. Um, you know, it's what's interesting to me about it is Based on some of the other concerns I've heard about Haskins and, um, you know, some of the whispers, some of the things that's been reported about Haskins, normally I'd be like, ah, he's a young guy. But you know what? This is, I've never heard of this happening to anybody else. And when you combine it with the other concerns that people have about Haskins, it makes you wonder a little bit. So I don't think it's a big deal. Um, and I would think it's almost no deal other than the, the previous concerns, which makes it a little bit of a deal in my mind. Something to keep an eye on. Like, how do you not know after the interception, first thing you do is you look at the clock and you see, do I have to go back out there or not? I mean, it's just not, it's not a, not a great look for him from a uh, situational awareness football standpoint. 
Ross, these pictures are not going to like themselves. Like, it's that simple. These pictures are not going to like themselves, so somebody has to be out there and doing it. And all of us have left work early. Like, all of us have been, <coughs> I'm sick. So you can get out at 4.30 when you don't get off until 5 o'clock. Just think about it in that context. He had an extra 15 minutes left on his shift, but he cut work early. I'm not going to get that upset about it. Basically, it comes to, and Ross, you know this from being in the locker room, do the other 52 guys in that locker room really care about it? If this is an issue in the Redskins locker room, then all right, this is something to talk about. This just feels like this is a media story, and this is something that Joe in Landover, Maryland is worried about, but Adrian Peterson's not worried about. Well, I want to get to the Cleveland audio, but first I want to make sure you know about ZipRecruiter because, man, if you didn't hear me earlier in the show, I love me some ZipRecruiter just like Cafe El Toro COO Dylan Miskowitz, who experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. Then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. You can, too, by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting his job to ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed by how quickly great candidates were applying and found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way too hire. We'll have Pete Thamel in a little bit, but I want to get one more of these in because I love hearing from the people in the cities where the stuff's happening. How about the Browns after yet another win and going into the rematch with the Steelers? Let's listen to what our folks from 92.3, the fan in Cleveland, came up with for us. Rudolph got benched today. It would be disappointing if he doesn't play next week. Yeah, you guys did such a great job. Of- I hope he plays. I hope he plays. Why? Did you see him last night? But let me just say right now, I'm sick of Mason Rudolph. I don't need to hear him talk anymore. He sucks. Bleep him. I, he should have been suspended more. And I said last Friday, what got lost in fans getting mad at us was that I did say that Mason Rudolph should be suspended. Uh, people yeah. got so caught up in the who started it nonsense. And I'm yeah. sick of Mason Rudolph. I'm sick of him. Yeah, he stinks. Looking like the great gazoo. And, and, and I, you know what? I, I wish he wasn't suspended. I'm glad he didn't get suspended because I hope he plays. And Sheldon Richardson's right. He stinks. And hopefully he'll play because the Browns are on a roll right now. And I think the Browns are going to Pittsburgh Sunday. And they're going to kick Pittsburgh's ass. Oh, they're going to kill him. They're going to kick their ass. And, and, and if the great gazoo I, I hope, I, yeah, gets on the plays. field, I, I, hope I hope they knock him on his ass again. Not with a helmet. Not with a helmet. Yeah, yeah. But uh, a, a lot of sacks. He stinks, and they stink. And, uh, well, we'll get more to that later. 
The first voice you heard there was Sheldon Richardson. Then it was a lot of Adam the Bull there in Cleveland. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this, Carrick. I've been way down on Freddie Kitchens like most people. You know, that short week game against the Steelers, they were more prepared than the Steelers were. Better plan for that game. Then on Sunday, you know, all the distractions and Garrett, the suspension, and then he says that there was a racial slur and no Garrett, no Ogunjobi, and they absolutely took care of business against the Miami Dolphins. I got to give them credit for what they've done the last couple weeks. All I heard, Ross, was a lot of talking from a five and six football team. There's no team in the NFL that has accomplished less that talks more than the Cleveland Browns. Their hosts are doing the exact same thing. This team is on a roll. All right, I guess you beat the Miami Dolphins, who are going to have the second overall pick. You beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, who Mason Rudolph, he is terrible, and they're playing their third-string quarterback. Buffalo was a good win. Let's get over 500 before we start having these conversations. It seems very simple to me. Cleveland is not a disciplined football team for you to trust them to go on a prolonged and sustained run. I'm with you. I was high on Cleveland at the very beginning of the season. I was all in. I was drinking the Kool-Aid when it came to the Cleveland Browns. But I realized very early on that you can't have the quarterback play that they have, commit the amount of penalties and mental mistakes that they have, and think that you're a playoff team. The schedule will break right for them, but are they going to be disciplined enough? Are they talented enough to take advantage of this schedule? I don't know. We'll see. We'll also see what happens tonight in the college football playoff rankings. Nobody covers college football better than Pete Thamel from Yahoo. He also broke the news that Rutgers, Greg Schiano, not happening. We'll find out why. We'll find out what is happening and what he expects the college football playoff final four to be when we come back here to a Tuesday edition of Home and Home. It's a radio.com sports original. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 